All right, welcome to a special episode of Recounting Encounters. Tonight with me is Craig. Say hi to the <laughs> folks, Craig. Hello. Uh, unfortunately, Mark is unable to attend, which is why we don't have our usual sound effects and our usual intro and our usual ex- exit and all that jazz. But uh, we didn't want to wait. There's been a lot of changes to Dungeons & Dragons Adventures League and uh, Dungeons & Dragons Public Play, and we felt we had to say something and jump in and share our thoughts and inform the masses, because there is still a lot of confusion, even though it's been almost a week now since some of these changes have been announced. Oh, yeah. So, uh, let's jump right in. So, first and foremost, there is a new, uh, new resource out there called the Dungeon Masters Guild. This is your one-stop shop where you can purchase all sorts of D&D resources digitally. They are um, affiliated with RPG Now, so if you've bought anything from them or dndclassics.com, if you ever bought anything from any of those sites, it works exactly the same way. Um, the adventures from the Adventurers League that had previously been available for free as downloads to DMs with a secret password every season are no longer available for free, except the current season. The old mods are all available through the Dungeon Masters Guild, and most of them cost uh, $4 US for the four-hour ones, and I think the shorter ones, the, are the price scales down. Yeah, two ni- yeah, two ninety-nine, and then for the the longer ones, I think it's an extra dollar on top. So, yeah. so not, not mm-hmm. unreasonable. Uh, mm-hmm. Important to know that um, the authors of the adventures get paid a percentage. So... My understanding, because uh, I've been on a few of these uh, calls already, is that the author gets 50%. The uh, Wizards of the Coast gets 15%. I'm just looking through my notes. I'm pretty sure it's 15%. And No, pardon me. Wizards of the Coast gets 20 and the One Shelf, the group that hosts the site, gets 30 So it's 50 for the author, 30 for One Shelf, and 20 for uh, Wizards of the Coast. So... Hmm. Um, again, doesn't sound like a lot. I mean, especially for a four four dollar module, the, the author's getting two bucks. But if everybody who is currently playing downloads one copy, that'll start to add up real quick. And that is certainly uh, a good way for aspiring uh, authors to get some recognition and make a few dollars. So absolutely, and also to funnel money into. Uh... Uh, into you know, which is the coast for supporting this uh, this program, right? Absolutely, absolutely. But I was going to say too regarding the uh, the price. I know there's been a lot of confusion and a little concern about the price, uh, and especially the cut that uh, one bookshelf in what Wizards takes. But that's actually that is a there is a standard for you know for companies to take a little bit of it. Uh, you know, since you're giving given this opportunity to self-publish, but especially in this case, you're getting to be able to publish your stuff set in the Forgotten Realms and use everything. But I think we should probably back up just a little bit. Yes. Just just a touch, just for anyone who maybe is still a little confused about the DMs Guild and what this all means. Sort of just as a big overhead look at everything, um, this has come about because Wizards of the Coast has, has finally announced the system reference document the SRD, in short, uh, for 5th edition. There's been, there was a lot of questions about how uh, it would handle licensing for third parties and whatnot with 5th edition system. Uh, if, for those of you that may remember, the 3rd edition created the open gaming license, which opened the floodgate, and this is why we have games like Pathfinder and other various uh, D20-related games, is because they have free access 
to the system reference document, which was basically outlining the third edition rules, which was then used with the open gaming license in order to use all the terms and blah, 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 with the exception of a few um, IP identity things, like, for example, beholders. Uh, But anyway, you you can find all that uh, quote-unquote legal jargon online. Uh, But essentially what's happened here is 5th edition has now been given the system reference document that's compatible with the old open gaming license and as a, as a sort of bonus this time, you can use the system reference document to publish your own stuff based on what they've outlined there. But if you choose to use the Dungeon Masters Guild, you are actually given access to even more stuff like the Forgotten Realm stuff and, and the product identity stuff that you wouldn't normally have. So that's kind of the impetus behind that to, to encourage people to do that. So if you have your own awesome campaign setting that you want to publish using the uh, system reference document you can do that independently of Dungeon Masters Guild but if using the guild you get obviously a free platform to promote your stuff and as well more access to the rules and such but I just wanted yep. to give a bird's eye view sort of of that yeah no I, I thanks for jumping in on that one but we're not gonna that's sort of that's all we're gonna talk about in fact if you want if you're uh, someone who wants to self-publish and write the modules and create source material and all that jazz that's great we're not providing advice on that one. We're going to focus yeah. more on how this affects people who are into public play, Adventures League, D&D Encounters, D&D Expeditions, and, uh, and want to know sort of where is the public play forum and realm going to. We're going to focus on that. Um, so the uh, Adventures League has had some changes then, obviously, because of the announcement of the Dungeon Masters Guild. So as we'd mentioned the, the adventures, the modules will now you will now have to purchase them. So what does this mean? So ideally, the the rules are as follows: If you're at a store and you're going to be running the mods and you're going to run it at four tables, every DM should purchase their own copy of the module. So if you're running at four tables, you should purchase four copies. Now, if any of those DMs who have now purchased their own copy want to run the adventure again whether it's at that same store, whether it's at a convention, whether it's at their house, whether it's at a different store, they don't have to buy it again. Once you buy it, you own it. You as the DM own that mod. You can run it as often as you want. You are not expected to purchase it multiple times. Now, we've had we, there's a lot of questions out there, people trying to skirt the rules a bit, and they're saying, well, you know, can the store buy a copy and distribute it to all the DMs? Ideally, that's not what we want to have think of it this way. The person who wrote the mod put a lot of work into it. They're getting paid based on the number of copies sold. So by not purchasing the mod when you should, you're basically denying them that percentage of the sale. Yeah. Um, now, one caveat they've, they've sort of uh, uh, um, allowed for is if the store where you play purchases the mod, which I think we're going to find a lot of the stores will, and prints a hard copy, that they have said is sort of that gray area, but they think that's okay. It would be like, you could print five copies, give them out to the DMs. The idea being that you would collect those when the, the session is over. They actually would still belong to the store, but it would be like a, like a library kind of idea. Um, but as far as the digital soft copies, the intent is every DM who runs it should purchase their own copy. Yeah, and it's pretty reasonably priced, so it's not... Uh, I mean, I don't think they're asking for too much. Now, the... Um 
the good thing about all this too is when you buy it, it if you already have like Derek was saying before an existing drive through RPG or RPG Now uh, account with uh, various PDFs in your library this will integrate right into there so all your stuff will be in one convenient place now, also important to note, if you're like us and you've been playing in the Adventures League since it started and you've you've been DMing and you've downloaded the, the PDFs from the old site, which, I mean, I have and, Craig, I imagine you have as well. I sure have. So those are considered yours now as well. Uh, so you're not expected to purchase those old mods a second time. So, for example, we just ran Defiance and Flan a couple of weeks ago from Season 1. If I choose in a month to run Defiance and Flan again, I would not be expected to purchase it, uh, even though the version I have was a free download. The idea is, if you've already got it, you've already got it. That's fine. But, if you don't have it, the intent is that you would then go to the Dungeon Masters Guild site, download it, and pay for it, and go from there. So... All right, now, um, what else are we talking about here? So, there's been a lot of other changes, and let's try and summarize sort of the, the top of them. Number one, we are it is no longer going to be called D&D Encounters. It is no longer going to be called D&D Expeditions. It is just going to be referred to as Adventurers League. So this is a big change, if you're like me. It's, you know, I'm sort of shed a little tear because I've played <laughs> D&D Encounters since day one. Yeah. Missing very, very few of the adventures along the way. Um, and now it's going away. Well, it's not going away. It's being called something different, and it's changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. Pay for mods we already talked about. You can now play Adventurers League modules anywhere. And that's a huge change. That's a very big change. Yeah. And, and I think, in a lot of ways, it's a positive change. Previously, you had to play at a public space, and usually that meant playing at a store. Not every store is set up to run public play adventures, and a lot of people were were having a hard time setting up a public play game without a store to sponsor it. Now, you can go to Dungeon Master's Guild, purchase the mod yourself, and run it at your house, or run it at your school, or run it at your library, or run it wherever you want to run it, and, and it's 100% legal. Um, I mean, again, you have to follow the guidelines set out in the Adventures League Player's Guide, as you always have. That hasn't changed. The location where the physical players sit has changed. You can do that anywhere. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, too, about your Adventures log and stuff like that. So if you do eventually come back to a store sometime to play it, the DM may still ask to see your uh, your Adventure logs just to make sure you're on the up and up. Absolutely. Good point. Um, so... What does this mean for the stores? So there is going to be something called a D&D Adventurers League Organizer Kit. So if you are playing at the store, at least for this season and probably next season, and who knows how it's going to change moving forward, um, they are going to have this Organizer's Kit. It'll come with some free swag. It'll be the usual things you expect. Character sheet, player's guide, the little table tents with your name on it. And the store will be provided with some campaign information um, they're going to be provided with uh, what they're calling a launch kit or a launch event. And the idea is this is about 16 hours worth of play material. And it's something, to, again, we haven't seen it yet, but from what they've told us, the idea is that you could replay it a few times and it would be different. I don't know how different, but they're saying it's got good replay value. 
that would be provided to the stores for free they would not have to pay for it and this is what's replacing encounters so the idea is you could go wednesday nights or i guess now you could technically go any night um and down you know the store can arrange to have this launch event in place and away you go and this is all 100 percent free there would be no costs for anybody to download this set of materials um, magic item certs would still be uh for now anyway are still for stores and conventions only those are all uh, again that the way those get ordered is all the same so if you're uh, someone who coordinates for a store keep sanctioning the events for now that's how that's going to work there's rumors that there, there may be some sort of print on demand or some other changes to how the certs are delivered nothing's been confirmed all they've confirmed so far is certs are going to work the way they've always worked that is not changing yet all right and then we move on to season four Indeed. I guess you can't call it D&D Encounters anymore. Adventurers League, 5th edition, season 4. Correct. And yeah, you know what? Because we're not using the Encounters title anymore, because we, yeah, we had been keeping track of how many seasons of Encounters that had have been happening since 4th yeah. edition, what number did they reach up to? Do you happen to know off the top of your head? Oh, I think it was 22 or 23. Yeah, somewhere uh, in there. It was a low 20s, low to mid 20s. I'd yeah. have to look to be sure, but yeah, been a long time. I guess with this change show now, we're going to just have to, you know, like you said, it's just yeah. Adventures League Season 4. Yeah. So, Season 4 is called Curse of Strahd. And anyone who who is familiar with the Ravenloft campaign setting says to themselves, I've heard of Strahd before. Yes, huh. indeed you have. Strahd is the flagship character for the Ravenloft campaign, which stemmed from the original Ravenloft module I-6. Is that the one? That is the one indeed. Yep. Uh, Margaret Weiss, Tracy Hickman uh, wrote it, and it's a fan favorite. It is uh, one of the stronger of the classic modules. It's also one of the very popular classic modules. So if you're ever trying to look for it online, the actual hard version, you're you're probably going to pay a few dollars for it. I know I did. Oh yeah, same here. Yep. Uh, Curse of Strahd. Okay, Craig, tell us a little bit about Curse of Strahd. What do we know? Uh, well, we know a little bit about it. It sounds quite a bit like the original. Um, the original Ravenloft in which it's uh, based on. However, uh, there's a couple differences here. First of all, I just wanted to, just to correct something. It wasn't Margaret Weiss. It was uh, Tracy and Laura Hickman. Oh, pardon me. I yeah, had Dragonlance on the brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dragonlance on the mind. Um, but yeah, so uh, Ravenloft is... Um, or sorry, the Curse of Strahd. And sorry, another thing to just quickly point out as well. The name of the season will also now match the name of the hardcover book. Good. Where, yeah, whereas before Rage of Demons... The hardcover book is out of the abyss, right? Yeah. Uh, this one, Curse of Strahd is the name of the season, and it's the name of the book, so there's no confusion over that. Uh, but the Curse, Curse of Strahd book is essentially, so is, this is a, a different one. The first three that have come out thus far have all been levels 1 through 15, a super adventure. This one, they're kind of limiting the scope a little more. It's going to be levels 1 through 10. And uh, in much if you've ever played the original Ravenloft, if you haven't, I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but... Uh, it sounds like it's going to be following a lot of stuff from the original Ravenloft and uh, as well some extra stuff. The authors that they've listed is uh, Chris Perkins, uh, but as well with uh, Tra uh, Tracy and Laura Hickman as well. So that's actually, uh, if you ask me, that's a very big deal that they brought the original authors back into the fold for that. Um, so I think uh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, this one also will have... Uh, randomized elements, essentially. Uh, so if you've ever played, again, the original Ravenloft, you'll know what I'm referring to, but there is uh, some randomized elements, which is 
the intention or the hope is that it's going to uh, promote uh, more replays as well. And as well, you know, if, if you're running it with the look at a store with other tables, everyone should be getting different uh, sort of circumstances in their adventures. So there should be unique games going on everywhere. Uh, but, you know, going forward from there, I, I'm not really sure how much more, uh, you know, that they're going to add to the to the story beyond the fact that it's a level 1 to 10 adventure. Yeah. Now, again, we, we haven't seen the book yet. We're going based on the announcement that was made today that says the book will be av- available for purchase on March 15th. Uh, I think the sticker price was 50 bucks, which is yep. about what the other ones cost. So I'm expecting a treatment very much like we got for Out of the Abyss and for mm-hmm. Prince of the Apocalypse. So, uh, you know, if, if you've got those books and you were satisfied with them, I think this one is going to be right up there in the quality department, if not uh, better. But, now, so- something we should address is the fact that the setting, right? Adventures League takes place in Forgotten Realms, and that's the end of the story, right? That's that's correct. the way they are. And we already know that the upcoming... Um, well, I want to say expeditions, yeah. but I know that's no longer the adventurers formerly known as expeditions. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, those ones will be, at the very least, having a portion to do with, with uh, the Moon Sea region. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, this is very much talking about Ravenloft. It's talking about Barovia. I mean, if you know Ravenloft, you know that this is not in the realms. However, if you also know Ravenloft, uh, especially that once it became its own campaign setting, uh, it's basically a domain of dread. So it sounds like. This is going to be a very much an adventure that you can put into any campaign setting. The idea is that Ravenloft, the characters would always get called into the domain of Ravenloft through the mist, no matter from what setting. So that's how they're they're going to do it, it looks like. Yep. Now, there are some notes. Uh, so, okay, so let's talk now about the expedition. We're going to call them expeditions until they tell us something new to call them. So yeah. expeditions, <laughs> even though we're not doing expeditions, you we're going to call them expeditions. It's, it's still season three, so expeditions still stand. Sure. <laughs> okay. So looking ahead to season four, what we know yeah. as expeditions, it's going to run a little bit differently. There's going to be 14 adventures. And in the current seasons, what's happened is they've just released them and you could play them, you know, here and there in any order you want, uh, you know, as long as you had an appropriate level character, uh, that's all well and good. And you can still do that, but this season, the expeditions, again, not expeditions, expeditions, not expeditions, are going to run in a very linear fashion. So there's 14 adventures, and the intent, the hope, is that you will start the first one with a brand new level one character. You'll get transported from Forgotten Realms into the Ravenloft realm, and your character is basically stuck there. And then you play the 14 adventures and it's supposed to take the characters from levels I've, I've seen level 1 to 8 I've seen level 1 to 10 depending on where you've looked so I'm not sure what the official story is I believe it's 1 to 10 is the intent and there is suitable experience in those adventures to bring your characters all the way along and you will gain that benefit of the of the play in that order like you'll you'll learn more about the adventure as it was described to me sort of someone in a casual conversation knew a little bit more about it said things like you're going to see a lot of the same npcs show up you're going to see a lot of the same locations show up but there's going to be value in playing them in the straight order in fact they said if you jump in say at adventure four and then you go back and play number two you may actually already be aware of something because you're playing them out of order that might actually make going back a little bit less fun simply because you sort of know, oh, this is, you know, that guy that we're helping actually turns out to be a bad guy two modules down the road, or this NPC turns out to be, you know, someone else, or this item turns out to be a powerful artifact, 
whatever. So there's definitely a value, and they certainly want to encourage you to play them in order and not to miss any of them if you can. They've also said that there will be little, um, they call them like sidebars. I can't remember what they exactly call them, but if you do miss an adventure for whatever reason, um, there are ways to gain extra experience points to catch up to everybody else within the course of these little adventures because when the story shifts from level 4 to level 5 you switch tiers they don't want to leave anyone behind so there are ways that you can introduce characters um, to keep them to bring them up to speed um, there's also if you sort of read between the lines one of the uh, official documents they released talks about um, these little extra XP things are there in part in case characters lose experience points, which is not something we've seen in a couple of editions of D&D. But Indeed. in third edition, second edition, you used to have like level drain and energy drain that would potentially suck the XP right out of a character. So I'm wondering if maybe they're going to be introducing something like that. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. Well, they did have that in third edition too, didn't they? If you cast Wish. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, there was different mechanics that would come to play. Fourth edition, I know they got rid of it altogether. Yeah. And fifth edition, I haven't seen anything like that yet. But perhaps mm-hmm. something Ravenlofty, maybe horrific or undead or energy draining, or there's the gypsies with their fortune telling and their funny tarot card things, what are they called? Taroka cards. Thank you. Um, maybe it's something to do with that. Again, we're speculating, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, so actually, that's a good little segue. In addition to the purchasing the hardcover for fifty bucks, that you can actually purchase a set of the Taroka cards. Uh, Gale Force Nine is putting out the cards themselves, the actual decks. So if you want that extra flavor to go with your game, that authenticity, this is another product you can purchase to uh, support the game and uh, support your table. So I don't know what the cost is on that yet. Uh, either they haven't announced it or I just didn't see it. But well, I know with their because with their spell cards and stuff, they've been pretty reasonably priced. So I yeah. wouldn't expect it to be major. But you know, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they'll be like novelty, uh, huge size cards. And yeah, who knows, don't know. Right? Don't know. So. Um... Yes. All I know is that I will be buying it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. There's something new for Dungeons and Dragons that I could spend money on? Oh, yeah, I'm so there. <laughs> well, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Mm, I'm well, not kidding. Should this be the one thing I let pass? No. You no. know, I, though, I, I noticed, though, that... Uh, <laughs> I just got what you said. <laughs> I I noticed though, that, that that in their in their release for all this information, that's the only other thing that they announced other than the Curse of Strahd book. Yeah. Usually, with previous seasons, what they've done is they said, "Here's two new dragons," and as well, we're going to have this Neverwinter expansion. As well, we're going to have these minis, and as well, we're going to have this. And then they did that for Elemental Evil, and then they did that for Out of the or Ridge of Demons, sorry. Uh, but for Curse of Strahd, it's, it's the book and the, and the cards. That I didn't see any mention of uh, of minis or video. I, I'm sure they're going to have stuff coming eventually. I would at some think point. so, but, but who knows? Eh, just thought it was interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Again, the. The information's been coming out in sort of dribs and drabs, and uh, we're just trying to piece it all together. There's still a lot of questions out there, um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see how things go. Um, I would also encourage people, if you are a social media person and you are on Twitter, to follow the Wizards of the Coast um, uh, Twitter feed, um, which of course I can't think of what it's called right now off the top of my it's, head. Well, well, it's an at, at Wizards underscore D and D. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, so if you, they they will be tweeting out a 
Ravenloft-related message every day from the fortune teller. And if you retweet it, the fortune teller will reply with a personalized fortune. And they're going to keep doing this every day through the course. I don't know if it's through the course of the whole adventure, but definitely in the next little while. So today is uh, January 18th, which was the official launch announcement. So today was the first day. So I know I retweeted and I got my personalized fortune. So uh, I encourage people who really want to get involved to uh, to do that. Have you seen the artwork on the cards that they've uh, put out? I have. Each fortune that they tweet you back comes with a picture of one of the cards. Cool. Shows you sort of which card you've pulled, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it was interesting. I love anything that has to do with social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, you know, this is actually a pretty clever way to... Uh... Yeah. Well, and what a lot of us have been doing, because, I mean, who are we kidding? I follow a lot of gaming nerds on my Twitter feed. Um, we've been retweeting each other's fortunes, so you can see that they are actually all different. It's not just, oh, here's five, and we're just going to retweet them out to the different people. It's like, I mean, that may be it. They may have a bunch uh, in the can, and they're just going to keep putting them out. But for now, the first day, it looks quite promising. Mm. So, All right, so Curse of Strahd is uh, officially the adventure path, is officially the adventure uh, it'll be coming. The book will be out on March 15th, which is a Tuesday. So I got to think the new season's going to begin mid-March. Probably the intent would be that Wednesday. Yeah. Again, potentially. We'll, uh, follow the Adventurers League website. I'm sure that we will get more of the official announcements coming up shortly. Um, one other little tidbit I want to throw out there, and I, I'm not really sure if I'm supposed to say this as uh, an official member of the Adventurers League or not, but um, the DM rewards are undergoing review. And the rumor is that DMs will be getting different rewards moving forward into this season. Specifically, they will be getting more experience points for DMing the new adventures than they have for DMing the previous ones. I'm not sure how much of that I'm actually supposed to talk about, so that's all I'm going to say for now is if you are a DM, this is a good perk for you. If you are not a DM but you've been thinking about becoming a DM, now might be the time to step up because you're going to get better reward for your effort. Uh, there's also speculation, uh, that, and, and I mean, that they may try to do something where because the adventures are a continuous storyline, if you DM the entire thread of the storyline, all 14 adventures, you may be eligible for some sort of DM bonus at the end. Again, there, that's total rumor floating that around right now. There's no guarantee that's going to happen. Uh, I believe the admins are going to meet over the next few weeks to see if that's even feasible. But again, if you're wavering about should I DM, should I not DM, this is another potential great reason to to try to DM if you've never done it before. Or if you're a, a DM who's maybe thinking, ah, I want to take a season off, I wouldn't take this season off. I would continue to play through to be the DM through this one. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. All right. I don't want to make this too long. So we're, we're uh, I think we sort of covered the highlights. The one other thing that I think we, I can't remember if we mentioned, but if we did, I'm going to mention it again. The um, Dungeon Masters Guild. So that's where you go to purchase the adventures. Part of the announcement, which we're not going to get too much into, is all about how to self-publish your own stuff. Um, there, Where there is a little bit of confusion right now is that just because it appears on the Dungeon Masters Guild website for sale does not mean that you can use that material in your Adventurers League games. Material on the site is only legal for Adventurers League if it officially has the official Adventurers League logo on it 
and all the preamble that comes with that, I suspect that the Adventures League Player's Guide will be updated at the start of Season 4, and it will say, as it has said at the beginning of every season, these are the things that are considered legal for this season, and then it will list them. So they will probably adjust that language just to be clear that you can upload your own material to the uh, Dungeon Masters Guild site, follow all their rules, but just because something is up there does not necessarily mean that it is legal for Adventures League. It's not necessarily a legal module. It's not necessarily legal character options. So just be mindful of that. Be careful of that. And as DMs, make sure that you're talking to the players uh, so you don't have someone show up at your table and suddenly be playing a class you've never heard of before because he's downloaded somebody's homebrew material and thought, well, I paid the two bucks for it. Why can't I play it? Yeah. So have that conversation with your group. Let them know. It, like Certainly encourage them to, to look at the DMs Guild and uh, and purchase, download, purchase the material. Like I, I suspect we're going to see a lot of really great stuff. But as far as public play, just be very very mindful of what is legal and what is not. Yeah, I mean, the way you can explain it is, is I mean, DMs Guild is for everyone, not just uh, Adventures League players. So as such, you're not going to, everything on there is not going to be legal for Adventures League play. It's all in the player's guides. All right. I think that's about it. Anything else you can think of, Greg? I do have one quick uh, thing I just wanted to, yep. to discuss very quick. Uh, so Chris Estrada announced, and of course, one thing that I was looking forward to whenever they announced their um, their new uh, storylines and whatnot in books, uh, especially with this, uh, this edition, is the cover art. So that was officially released today. Do you have any thoughts? Um, Estrada doesn't look as scary as I expected. Someone actually... I read a funny tweet. They said, I think that the... Uh, the illustration of Strahd on the cover of the adventure looks a little bit like Greg Bilsland from Wizards. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. It's true, it kind of does. And now that I've read that, that's all I see when I look at it, because he's a cosplay guy, and they're like, it's Greg Bilsland in crowd cosplay. And I was like, oh my god, it totally does look like that. So, I don't know if that was the intent or not, but uh, that's all I can see now. And... Uh, I, but I do, I like it. Um, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I'll, although I agree with you on, he doesn't look particularly menacing necessarily which I guess is you know part of the part of Strahd as well he's not always uh, a menacing looking character right that's part of his uh, what makes him such a great villain but um, he also looks a little bit younger than I anticipated as well based on some of the previous depictions but I really like this art style that they have it really reminds me of old Jeff Easley style uh, pieces from the second edition days it has it very much has that gothic feel to it it yeah. It's uh, like, yeah, I don't know. It reminds me of, I can't even think of what it reminds me of. I looked at the art and I thought, oh, this is very reminiscent of dot, 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 fill in the blank. Can't think of it. But no, I do. I like it a lot. So maybe in a future podcast, we'll talk about uh, a little bit more about the art. But, um, but no, I do. I enjoy it a lot. It looks Indeed. good. Indeed. Yep. Okay. Well, that, that, I guess that's really it. All right. So this will be the end of our special episode of Recounting Encounters. Uh, be sure to uh, listen every week. You can download our podcasts from uh, the iTunes store. Um, you can uh, get direct links from my blog, DungeonsMaster.com. You can get um, download directly from Mark's podcast, 20FootRadius.com. You can follow me on Twitter at, under, uh, at Amron underscore DM. And Craig, what's your Twitter ID? Fee Roper. All one word. Uh, yep, F-E-E-R-O-P-E-R. There you go. So uh, that that's it for uh, Recounting Encounters. Uh, until next week, have a blast. Indeed.